Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Leaders and Founders podcast. My name is Adam Kinder, one of the co-hosts here and also a co-founder at Gathered and Founds. Um, today I'm really excited to bring you episode five in our Food Tech and Sustainability series. And I'm really excited to bring you the great journey of an amazing business called Why Waste. So Why Waste are a Swedish-based food tech company um, centered out in uh, Stockholm, but with several offices in the Nordics now as well. Um, Why Waste are tackling food waste at supermarkets and grocery stores. So through a number of different products which they use, on average, the, the stores and the clients that they have signed up and using their product uh, reduce waste by 30%, um, save on average 420 labor hours a year. And they've seen a huge decrease in the, the amount of customer-related uh, complaints around food expiration dates by 96%. Um, so using their data-driven analytical platform, they allow you know, stores, supermarkets, chains to keep a very, very strong and much more efficient track of all of the food in store, which is due to be thrown away and go to waste, which in turn allows their clients to make more money, of course, through, you know, realizing the problems and looking at which foods and products they can, uh, you know, look to sort of shift out before they have to be thrown away. Um, and also, you know, they just give people a much clearer track of all of the products in store. It helps save a huge amount of time from the manual process of checking expiry dates and so on and so forth. So they've had, you know, a great, great journey so far. They're still a pretty small business, but they're going to be growing, you know, a lot over the next 12 to 18 months. Um, but they've already got some amazing clients who have signed up, some very big chains, uh, you know, such as Coop, um, ICA, City Gross, Axe Food, etc. So they're doing some amazing things. Um, they also have a coalition with two of our previous guests. So Tessa Clark um, of Olio and Yalmar of uh, Karma. They, they have a Trident uh, sort of coalition, which is really helping make a bigger dent and a bigger impact in different parts of the, uh, the value chain so a great business and i was really really excited and, and super pleased to be joined by um their ceo and co-founder christopher hagstead and also ben holden who is their head of international uh, sales and marketing so they gave us a really good picture of where the company is now some of the great things that they have coming up and yeah i really really enjoyed it they're great guys it's a great business you know really sort of passionate but also you know very friendly very honest company so please do check them out and you know if you're listening in for from a supermarket or a grocery store and want to understand how to really get a, a handle on, on your food waste, definitely reach out to Christopher and see what they can do. Um, but yeah, we were delighted to be joined by them. Um, there are some more amazing guests which are coming up, but we're really pleased to have them on board and uh, yeah, showcase their story. So thanks for joining us. We're going to pass it over to, to Chris and uh, to Ben now. So really hope you enjoy things and yeah, tune in. Enjoy it. So, hey guys, thank you for joining us on the Leaders and Founders podcast. Thanks for having us. Cool, no problem at all. So as I said, look, I've given you a bit of an introduction beforehand, but um, I'm joined by obviously Chris and Ben today. So thank you both for, for joining me. Um, yeah, it's really great having a bit of a duo. Uh, so I'm going to get you two guys <laughs> bouncing off each other. But just for everyone listening, can you just give us a bit of an introduction on yourselves and a bit about your background? Yeah, sure. I can, can go first. Uh, my name is Christopher and I'm one of the founders of, of Y-Waste, mm -hmm. uh, Swedish. and from Gothenburg and started Y-Waste uh, five years ago together with two co-founders, Martin and Sebastian. And my background is that I'm a civil engineer who worked as a management consultant for, for a couple of years, helping basically big corporations become more digital. Mm -hmm. And 
during that period, actually, were able to work towards the, the food retail industry and could see, I mean, first of all, how little they used data in, in the way of working, that you, there was so much more potential in using data. And secondly, that, that food waste was you know, the problem of food waste. I actually also worked in a supermarket beside my, my studies, so I had seen firsthand, uh, you know, every day how much food you're actually wasting and just throwing in the garbage sure. or in the, in the bin. So, so working on a top level uh, and also on the shop floor, made mm -hmm. me actually see that, okay, there is something that can be done here. So together with two co-founders, we Amazing. started Yway. Perfect. Fantastic. Well, look, I'm really keen to, you know, dive straight into that hundred percent. And Ben, just obviously, so you're, you're obviously joining as well. So you're a little bit newer to the company, but give us a bit of a background and tell us about yourself if you can. Of course. Yeah. I'm Ben. I've been with Wirewaste for nearly a year now. Mm -hmm. um, originally from the UK, from the beautiful city of Derby, Glasgow, um, <laughs> Derby County. Um, living in Helsinki at the moment. And my background is sustainable marketing and sales. So I have a master's in marketing. And since I graduated, I've worked in startups and sustainable technology, promoting the, the startups to hopefully drive the sales for them. Perfect. Fantastic. And th this is obviously part of our Food Tech and Sustainability series. So um, as I was just saying to, to you off, off air, Chris, as well, um, you know, I think as soon as we started speaking to companies in this space, we were blown away in, in a good way of just how many amazing companies there are that are trying to, you know, fight the food waste issue that are really trying to make a, a big impact on the world. But just also looking at the numbers, I mean, I said to you that I'm definitely becoming a bit of an eco warrior, which I'm actually quite proud of now because, um, you know, now that I've got kids, I've definitely got much softer um, in, in my life and my approach. But you know, I, I mean, I'm sure part of the reason why you wanted to start YWest, which is basically the long-winded question I'm asking you, was it because you started to see just some of the facts and just how big the issue is? Uh, yes, yeah, so basically it was uh, two things. One was that me and one other co-founder actually, you know, uh, he worked in a, uh, in a warehouse for fruit and vegetables uh, besides his studies and I, I worked in a supermarket. Uh, and to actually be the one that every day needs to go and, you know, throw away all this, I mean, being a student, looking at this food and seeing it's 100%, I mean, this would be like luxury to, to have at home, but you need to throw it away. I mean, that made no sense. Uh, so, I mean, from a personal perspective, you actually saw it firsthand. But then also when you, as I said before, uh, worked on a more central level uh, with a food retailer, and started to ask a bit about this, you know, we have, we have a lot of food waste, what are we doing to reduce it? And, and the answer was basically, I mean, we, we're focusing on top line, you know, revenue growth. So, so combining those two, I mean, the first-hand perspective and also the understanding that food waste wasn't, when we found the wild waste, wasn't really, I mean, top priority in the industry. And I think that's, made us go there yeah of course and it's been pretty staggering every single person that i've spoken to you know when you look at just lack of innovation at virtually every single step of the supply chain you know until recently right the last few years you know with companies like Waste, for example um obviously karma olio who i know you're doing some work with those two guys they've already been on the podcast which is great so um but yeah you know it's literally a case of 
like we're talking about huge, huge brands, right? You know, global supermarkets, massive chains. They all have to save money, right? And they all want to save money. And there are just so many basic things that they can do, which, which can easily prevent that. So um, just to give people an understanding of why we're the guest, in terms of how you work, it's obviously very data-driven. Just give us a, a bit of a, a snapshot, I guess, of how the company first set up. I'm sure the business has changed slightly and you've developed and evolved, but for people who maybe don't know who Why Waste is, just to give us a good kind of snapshot of how you help your customers. Yeah, sure. So, so what we're doing is that we're developing digital tools basically for, for supermarkets. So B2B, uh, it's supermarkets that are our customers. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, the whole idea that we're trying to, to do is, is basically making it profitable to to reduce food waste because that's i mean if you speak to anyone that have ever worked in a supermarket or i mean everyone is saying that of course we we don't want to waste food mm. but it's it's doesn't make sense from a financial perspective to to reduce it i mean yeah. and that's i think is the core problem so and, and i think the reason to why it's not profitable is that either you have to spend a lot of working Mm. or labor hours which is expensive or you have to you risk actually losing you know having empty shelf i mean the in the perfect store from a waste perspective there would there wouldn't be any any product because okay then it wouldn't be any waste so you have those two parameters that you are that you need to optimize basically uh, and what we're trying to do with our tools is that for the different fresh food departments we're looking mm. at how can we actually save time and make sure that they don't lose, you know, revenue while while uh, reducing food waste. And our first solution that we went to the market today, we have a portfolio of, of four solutions for different parts of the supermarkets. We have the pre-packed fresh food, the deli counters, uh, the fruit and vegetables, and so on. Uh, our first product was actually is called Semaphore, and it's it's a solution that basically keeps track of of the products in the store. Uh, in terms of expiration date, because that's one of the main drivers of, of food waste, that products are expiring before getting sold. Uh, and up until you know, a couple of years ago, the only way to keep track of the expiration date was basically going around, and this was a part of my work uh, in the supermarket, to go around and check the days each and every day. Mm. And I mean, it's a lot of people uh, have things that they prioritize higher in their life than, than checking dates. So, so you tended to you know miss quite a lot and the product expired and ended up in a waste bin. So what we did was basically developing this tool that could keep track of all the products in the fresh food departments and alerting uh, the, store, the store personnel basically that today you need to take some kind of action on these you know, 10 products because they are at risk of expiring. And it's, it's, it's very simple to some extent too but it has helped huge amounts of, uh, of stores to, to, to save time and also reduce waste. Yeah, of course. And I mean, it seems, you know, this is why, again, I've loved this space because it's a fair, easy solution, right? You know, you're basically telling people who are in charge of the food, do something about it because you're going to throw it away soon. So you're not going to be able to make any money on it. You're going to have to pay, you know, waste costs to actually remove it. Like exactly. with, with Y Waste, we can help you with that, right? So, um, so look, it's, it's a great, great sort of concept. Um, and Ben, I mean, just from your perspective, you know, from, you know, the kind of the marketing and the sales side of, of the business, I mean, first of all, what's it been like to, you know, to work with, with Chris and the founders and, and a company like Y Waste as well? 
Uh, well, it's been, generally it's been inspiring. I love working in this space, as, as you've articulated, you're getting to know the space a bit better and it's really a great space to work in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when I first came across Waste, I was working for another company mm-hmm. at a pitching event. I was pitching for somebody else. Okay. And I saw these guys present, I was like, oh, that's amazing. And sure. since then I've been in contact with Waste, and now I'm thankful to be here. Mm-hmm. And in terms of marketing and selling, I mean, it's... Sometimes it sells itself if you've got the right audience. And as, as long as you can connect with the, the right person within the right chain or even the right partners, you can have a really in-depth conversation about how much they need the product or how, how beneficial the products will be for their store. And you see their eyes light up. And that's when you know you're, you're onto a winner. And it's, it's really great to work, work yeah. with, talk about sales. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, I've spoken to quite a few people as well. And we've got a few other great guests which, uh, which are coming up. We've got um, Will Sprunt, who's the CIO at Deliveroo, uh, is going to be talking about some of the work they're doing, you know, different end of the spectrum. We've got a, a really cool vertical farming business who are going to be speaking from Germany. There, there are so many different sort of innovators, I guess, in the space. And there are so many you know, people at literally every single part of, of that chain, you know, from farming right through to obviously, you know, B2B and the consumer. Um, but it, it is a huge problem in supermarkets, right? You know, it, just, I guess, to give some of the, the kind of figures, I think one of the, the things that I probably naively assumed, I guess, before speaking to you guys is that, you know, all of that food probably goes to just like a charity or like a farm or something. It, go, it literally just gets destroyed pretty much, right? Most of it. Yeah, I think that a good example of that is through the collaboration work we're doing with uh, Oleo and Karma, who you've had on previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all touch a separate point on the value chain. And one thing that we talk about internally is how the, we, we are concentrated on the supermarket part of the value chain, but the food waste issue covers right from farm to, if you go on the circular measure, back to the farm, we want to stop that wastage across there. And it's about raising awareness that food waste is a problem that can be can have different touch points but it involves everybody and the holistic collaborative approach to tackling it is probably the best way forward yeah i think actually this this is one of the super interesting parts about this this uh, space that everyone that's running a company within this area Mm. has you know a, a genuine vision to reduce food waste which which actually opens up real good discussions when it comes to collaborations mm-hmm. which so, so, I mean since everyone has basically aligned incentives uh, across the value chain we want to reduce food waste uh, it's it's a much more open discussion on, on partnerships and actually trying to help each other to, to achieve this than it might be in other industries where it's you know you need you need to find the, the financial incentives mm-hmm. is often what, what drives the, the partnerships yeah, that, that's such a good point, actually. Yeah, that, that is such a good point. You know, if you take, you know, I'm, I'm picking on fintech for no particular reason apart from you know, <laughs> fintechs um, are basically there to, to make money, right? And obviously, you know, consumer money is obviously give great products to the customer. So if you're from a fintech, I still love you. And I'm a talent partner, I love you guys. Um, however, um, yeah, and I think what you mentioned there is that, look, I think everybody would, you know, I'm sure you guys have ideas for developing your brand and your products and different offerings, of course. But yeah, there generally has seemed like it's a real kind of unified effort to, to try and actually make an impact, uh, whichever part of the chain you are, which is awesome. Um, and what I've loved as well, when I spoke to Tessa from Olio, you know, she literally, 
just wanted to give food away and she was like how come there's not an app for doing this and then Olio was born after of course a lot of hard work and a lot of stress and it's great to hear from you as well that you know you were literally in the supermarket throwing food away thinking like surely there's nothing I can you know there's something I can do and then obviously over time you started to, to work with them but this is why we love this podcast right because i'm sure everyone has had that burning idea that you think oh like how do i like i would love to do that there must be a market there so what did the first you know few months in the first year i guess of, of why waste look like and what was it like leaving you know really successful career as you said within you know management consulting to then go and start uh you know why waste well how did that look like i mean the the first six months was kind of rough uh, from mm -hmm. a a financial perspective yeah, <laughs> first of course. i mean you, you went from actually having having a salary to, to i mean being back to the student dorm basically sure. uh, and i mean we, when we started we actually we we knew there was a big problem we didn't know really what to do and how to solve it uh, so i mean what we had our ids and we actually tested you know uh, one idea before was basically focusing on the same thing in, in supermarkets with another technology. We, we used RFID, you know, and this crazy professor from from a, from a university in Sweden that we, we developed labels that could change colors based on, you know, uh, RFID technique. Uh, it was really, really cool in, in the lab. Did work that good in the, in the supermarket. <laughs> sure. uh, so, so then we just took a step backwards and, and said, okay, what is, I mean, how can we try to solve this in a way that makes it, you know, sustainable from an economical point of view for, for the stores as well? Because I think that's where we pretty early realized that it's, as in order to actually get this, get many stores to stop using the solutions, they need to see something on the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, coming back to this, that it, it must be profitable for them to, to reduce waste. And I mean, that's something that we see over and over again. You have some supermarkets and some chains that are really, really focusing on, on food waste and they could actually be able to you know, pay extra mm. or the cost uh, to some extent is higher than, than the value that they get in terms of reduced waste. But 95% of the chains and stores want to see a clear business case. And I think that has been our biggest learning that yeah. in order to, to reduce the waste, we must make it super profitable to, to reduce waste. Of course. And, you know, I mean, you know, as much as you'd love to see every business making a massive change, if it's going to cost money, if it's going to take out of their, their profit, if it's going to be a lot more work, ultimately a lot of these companies, I guess, just don't have the time or the energy or the money or just the, there's no logic, I guess, apart from there is great logic because it's obviously helping the planet, right? <laughs> but, yeah. um, but do you remember, I mean, I always like to, to see, was there that one kind of moment, that one case study, that one client that really kind of just gave you that confirmation that you're actually doing the right thing and you've got something that's going to work? Yeah, yeah. So, so actually, I remember the, the first, so, so we basically developed this together with, with a supermarket where we were out, you know, testing. We basically lived in that supermarket, iterating our, our product. And then we started, you know, reaching out to, to other individual supermarkets. And we had one store that, that was basically the first pilot customer mm. uh, that tried this solution. And we could real-time, you know, sit and watch. And we basically did, all of us, in, <laughs> the three of us founders, were basically, you know, watching every click they made in the application. Mm. And, and then for, you know, they had this 30-day trial 
to, to see if they could actually you know, reduce waste uh, with the solution. And on the 30th day, we, we were watching if they used it and it didn't use it. And we was like, oh shit, okay, yeah. You know, it was, we had waited for this day, the first signed contract okay. at 30 days. So, <laughs> so we were like sitting for four hours just watching, you know, the screen to see mm. why aren't they using it? They should use it like 7 a.m. every morning. Yeah. And it didn't. And then just after lunch, you know, we s <laughs> someone had a, saw that it started moving on the screen. I was like, they, they, they're using it, they're using it. And, and the day after they signed the first contract. So, I mean, that was, that was a, a point that I really remember. And since, since then, we have a much more confident in, in our solutions. But it was you know, the first one that actually said, okay, we, we want to pay for this because we can see that we are saving money and reducing waste. Yeah, perfect. No, it's it's great to hear that, and I think um, you know this is why like, I think you guys are going to go into some some huge things, and it's obviously such an amazing product. But it's great to hear that, and I love these stories. You know, when it's like you know the founding team just around the table, like struggling to pay bills and just all of that kind of stuff, and then it's like, yeah, cool. We we've actually you know we we're doing it for the right reason, basically. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? So that's I mean, from a GDPR perspective, it might have been, you know, we were just sitting watching what are they doing, <laughs> where are they clicking, I mean, are they using it? But uh, I think that was, yeah, that was quite thrilling. That validation. It's, that yeah. validation, yeah, exactly. But it's also saving food and that's the, it, it, it works on all, all, all metrics really. Yeah, yeah of and course. During those four hours between four and 11 uh, or seven and 11, uh, we were basically like, okay, should we call them? Should we call them and see why they're not using it? Uh, yeah. So it was, yeah, we were quite hysteric at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I guess, from, you know, as time kind of developed, as you started to do, you know, more demos and you obviously now work with, you know, some, some huge, huge brands, of course. Um, from your own perspective, your own kind of, I guess, pre-sales and the demos that you ran, did you develop those and have they evolved, I guess, quite a lot over time? They certainly have, yeah. I mean, in the beginning, it was actually, you know, we were actually physically uh, going out to the stores, you know, knocking on the doors, mm. trying to, to, you know, show the product. Uh, obviously, today, everything is much more remote. Uh, I think we are present in, in 15 countries right now. And we have offices in, in two, basically. So 95% is remote. And, and this was actually, I mean, the last year obviously has been, been crazy to, many, to a large extent, but it has also triggered, and I know it's, everyone is, is speaking about this, but you know, the, the understanding of working remote and that it's actually, it's actually worth to don't have to, to fly to you know, Paris to, to get in a meeting. Yeah. Today we have technology that, that enables that. And from our perspective, we have always tried to use, it's actually, we have those, uh, the sustainability policy in our company that we really should avoid uh, traveling and that we compensate everything in traveling. So we have always been keen on uh, doing it digitally. But in the industry, which is, it's an old industry, right? We, we the food, food retailers. And it's been a lot about meetings and going to events and stuff like that. And during the last year, we have seen a massive change in that. People are much more open to, to take demos online and to actually start building relationships online. Sure. Which I think is good for us and for many startups. 
Yeah, 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 definitely. And we, we've seen that across so many different industries. I had um, an awesome guy called Matthew Sinclair. So he's um, a partner at Boston Consulting Group, uh, but their digital ventures team. So, you know, you've come from that kind of background, you know, management consulting. So many people when <laughs> obviously lockdown came in and travel was stopped, you know, as a management consultant, you're expected to be in New York, Singapore, you know, California, wherever you have to be. And it, it, it's amazing to see that so many people in so many different industries, you know, banking, finance, etc. Um, there were these huge, huge concerns, but companies have actually managed to adapt really really well and it's ultimately been great for the environment as well because you know you haven't had quite as many hundred thousand you know flights every single day which is good um and what do you you know as as a company right now so how how many do you have as a business uh how many people or how how many many, sorry that was yeah it wasn't a very clear question Uh, uh, yes today we are uh, 20 people yeah 20 people Uh, yep So divided, it's a Scandinavian team. So yes. we're located in, in Sweden, uh, Denmark, and we have our Brit fro- living in, yeah, in Finland. So in Scandinavia. Good stuff. Well, at least uh, it's it's always great to see, you know, when uh, when Brits go to different countries. Like, I don't know if you remember, um, oh, who was the football manager who went to Holland? I've completely forgotten who it was. Yeah. Um, manager, Mr. McLaren. Yeah, that's it, Steve, Steve McLaren. And he started speaking like a Dutch guy. So you haven't picked up any kind of, uh, you know, sort of Finnish or any Scandinavian <laughs> traits well, yet? Well, a few. I, I say, okay, or oh, oh, things okay. like, like well. exclamations, but I think that I'm a lot more expressive than a typical Finn. Sure. You, you've got your hand gestures, you smile a lot more. A, a typical <laughs> Finn is like, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. And I guess for, for people listening, like we, so as a company, I've always done a fair bit of work in Sweden and I've loved working with, with Swedish companies. I think the the entire way of life, you know, the culture, quality of living, I think in Scandinavia is just so high. Um, and unfortunately, I'm coming from a place where the UK has had a pretty bad run in the last couple of years with politics and government and everything. But what was it like moving out to Sweden for people who maybe considering that or working for a Swedish or a Scandinavian company? I can say from a f- moving to Finland, I haven't been finished. Yeah, sorry, I was going to say for yeah. Swedish company culture-wise sort of thing, yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. I would highly recommend it. Um, I had worked in recruitment prior to doing my marketing degree and mm-hmm. it was a very constricted uh, environment for me mm-hmm. personally, the way I like to work. Yeah. Uh, moving to the Nordics, Finland especially, the work-life balance is superb and the priority, the, the, the general emphasis on, okay, if you are happy at home in your hobbies, if you have time to do this and this, then you're going to work better. Mm. And there's that acceptance on, okay, you may want to go off and play football or hockey or whatever in the afternoon, but as long as you're doing your work, then that's good. And it's that general balance between the work isn't the be-all and end-all. And if yeah. you're happy in your home life, you're going to be happy at work. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, hopefully gone are the days of uh, six till ten finishes in the city of London with weekend work and everything, which I was unfortunately introduced to in my first job in recruitment. But, yeah, but that seems like 
it's been a long time ago now. <laughs> um, but but look, as I said, like I think you guys are doing some, some amazing stuff. I mean, what's kind of you know what, what's kind of next on your roadmap, I guess, and what are you looking at as a company? Are you developing you know new products, new ways of working, new clients, new territories? Where are you kind of out with things? Absolutely, it's, uh, it's it's basically two things. Mm-hmm. One is that you know continue going uh, global or international. So so we actually were in Sweden for the first two and a half year uh, before actually entering the second market, which was uh, which was Denmark. Sure. And now we're in fifteen countries. And and what is quite surprising, uh, but also I mean interesting, is that we see basically the same problem in each and every country. So today we have you know, stores in Kazakhstan and in Brazil and in Japan, sure. and they're having the same problems, exactly the same problems as we see in, in Sweden. And they are, I mean, wasting mm. food and it's for the same reason. So that it's, that I think is one, one big thing that we expanding abroad. And then obviously we, and this is maybe Ben's, backyard to, to actually get the discussion around around food waste mm-hmm. uh, as you said i mean over the last last month and last year it's been a lot of the topic has been much more uh prioritized and you read much more about it but to actually trying to drive and and help highlighting the problem of food waste is is something that we want to do yeah yeah perfect yeah, and there, there was a there was a guy as well that I spoke to who's going to be coming on um, on the podcast in a couple of weeks. A guy called Jason. He uh, owns a company called Mondra. So they look at basically carbon ticketing for supermarkets. So essentially, you know, helping people understand the differences between you know different products. It's an amazing business. Well, I can't wait to tell everyone about what they're doing. But. Um, you know, Jason, along with so many other people, you know, have basically looked at sustainability is a huge, huge area to actually make great business as well. Um, you know, yes, it's all for kind of a good cause and stuff, but you know, if you've got a great product and you're actually helping the sustainability issue, you know, it should only be a matter of time until every single government is actually trying to make a massive impact. And it's actually, you know, you can be incentivized as a consumer, you know, as, a, as an employee, whatever it is. Um, and are, are you seeing that as well? You know, are you seeing many other companies that are also trying to do this that you're obviously working with? Are you seeing many more people coming into the space, I guess? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Since since we started five years ago, it's it's a totally different uh, space now. Mm. It's so many new companies, and what I think is is really interesting is that the generation today. Okay, now now I'm generalizing a bit, but the the people that comes out of university or whatever uh, really want to do something that is you know the impact part of it mm-hmm. is so important. And I mean. I don't know how it was 30 years ago, but my understanding is that you know a stable work with high income was was maybe what what you looked for after university. Today it's also about I want to do something for that actually you know, creates long time value for not only me but for for everyone else. So it's not only food waste; it's it's in general I think uh, making impact. And speaking, I mean, we we see uh, in Sweden and in Europe many governments that are speaking a lot about this, the problem with, with uh, sustainability, of course. But, I mean, I think startup has a really, really 
and and young people has a really important task to to actually you know try new ideas and and do it you know in a much faster faster pace because it's not going to be until there is solutions that can be implemented broadly that governments actually will have a you know, fair shot at, at doing something because it's those programs that that there are which is good that there are governmental funded programs but they tend to take a lot of time and and time is of essence in in when it comes to sustainability yeah of course we're seeing that the customers have become a lot more educated as well the people that i talk to and the, the, the gatekeepers they're a lot more up to speed on sustainability issues and i think that this is changing like i do a lot of work focused in the uk and as chris said right from the students up until the people who are in the businesses, they are really on, on the board about what's going on and what is needed to become more sus sustainable as a business, not just financially, but in terms of environmentally as well. Yeah. Um, I was doing some networking in the UK and all, all, all the universities seem to have zero waste stores now. They're, they're student-led projects, which is really cool to see. But that then filters up into the businesses. So, they, so there's one in Nottingham and they, so the zero waste store, they talk to Boots and they talk to the people in, the, in Nottingham that have the head offices there and it trickles up. And then these larger chains use these as case studies. They look what's, look what's going on here and they learn from each other. That's symbiotic learning. And it's, it, I mean, I, bottom line, I want to try and get a sale. I, try, I want to try and get wire waste into a business, but it's really encouraging to have a, a good level of conversation with, a, with somebody you're trying to sell to. It's really reassuring that they know that we're trying to do something good. And they can see the benefits themselves. Yeah, of course, definitely. And uh, I said, you know, maybe it was a, a bit of kind of imposter syndrome from my side because I'm very new to understanding the facts around sustainability. But, you know, from the first episode we had with, with Karma, with, with Yalmar, just even looking into just some of the basic figures, like, it is actually staggering, right? And, you know, I think if, if there are people listening as well, you know, what's great to see is so many people have come from, you know, I guess the more kind of traditional environments, you know, um, the kind of from the C-suite, from management consulting, from... I guess the kind of the kind of industries that you're pretty much told, I guess, as a kid or growing up, you know, oh, if you want to make if you want to make two hundred thousand pound a year, you have to do this, you have to do that. So it's great to see that if you've got great business ideas within the realms of sustainability and making an impact, you can build a great business um, and still be super successful. You know, very entrepreneurial. And with, I guess, the current sort of climate, you know, there's kind of nowhere, no territory is kind of off limits. You know, as you said, traditionally, you'd probably have to be in Kazakhstan, Japan, you'd have to travel, you'd have to do so many different things, um, which you can do much quicker now as well. Um, and has that, has, you know, this year, I guess, has it um, sort of impacted, I guess there may have been a bit of a slowdown when the world was starting to end, but have you seen more productivity now with, you know, people getting back to slightly normal ways of working, you know, with the, I guess, the ability to speak to clients at any minute of the day, has that helped you guys? Uh, I think it has helped us, I mean, pushing ourselves to, to actually be able not, I mean, we, we know that we will not be able to go to Kazakhstan for, for you know, implementing the system. So we have had to think about, okay, how can we, how can we try to do this full remote implementation, education, everything. Mm. Uh, so, so actually during this period, we, we have gone from, you know, before we often at some point actually needed to visit the, the uh, chain or store uh, in the country. And now we have actually pushed ourselves to think about, okay, how can we 
become 100% remote. So internally, it has, uh, it has changed our way of, of looking at it because we, we didn't have an option to, to I mean, visit other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in terms of the, the clients, I think what have happened a lot during the, the, the lockdowns in different countries has been that you know, supermarkets have had quite some, some troubles. Uh, I mean, in general terms, they have been seen an increase in revenue, but at the same time, they have had the, supply, uh, the supply has been much harder. So when it comes to waste, it's been very you know, up and down in, in the supply. Uh, the demand side has been high and the supply has been very spiky. So there's been a lot of waste. So actually, right now, a lot of, of the chains are speaking even more about waste because the numbers has gone up in, in absolute terms uh, in the period. So I think it's what we see now when it starts to open up is that if it was high on the agenda before, it's, it's actually getting even higher because they have seen a raising in waste. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, as soon as you start to see... Can I ask a question to Chris, if that's all right? Yeah, of course, hit me. Yeah, go. Hey, Chris, sorry, rather. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I focus a lot on the international side, I don't really touch on Sweden. Has, mm. has the lockdown had an effect in Sweden, or the non-lockdown had an effect on keeping Swedish businesses going? Have you found, has that been beneficial? Uh, good question, yeah. I mean, they, they basically locked down the restaurant for, for a couple of, you know, a month or two months or something like that. Mm. But I think we've been in Sweden and... <laughs> Everyone has an opinion about this. It feels like when we when we speak to people abroad, but it's been quite liberal when it comes to to uh, restrictions. And actually, my feeling, and when you speak to people in Sweden abroad, it feels like uh, it has, from an economic point of view, been quite positive actually mm-hmm. to be able to to keep the the businesses up with reduced capacity obviously but but they have actually been able to to still generate it's it hasn't been you know we're losing 100 percent of the revenues for overnight it's maybe gone down you know 30 percent which is huge but it's people has been able to continue doing what you're doing mm-hmm. yeah of course yeah which is awesome and you know sitting here in the uk you know there have been so many companies so many local businesses as well which have been hugely impacted um you know i mean the only place we could go for like four months was the supermarket basically so um you know it was like my, my wife was you know putting her makeup on getting ready to go to the supermarket it was awesome so <laughs> it was really yeah yeah but you know so, such a such a strange time and yeah we've been looking on at like sweden for example so we've got you know a consultant who's based in stockholm olivia who you spoke to before um yeah we've been watching on with envy as she is still able to you know grab a coffee and have a drink or go for some lunch and stuff but but yeah but i guess nobody knew if that was going to work or not but it's kind of turned out for the best right so <laughs> yeah hopefully i mean we, we still don't know and i mean it, it feels like the reaction from different countries has been you know differ uh, been differ uh, from from week to week sure. at some point you know we we have read in newspapers in other countries that sweden you know what are they doing everybody's dying like flies mm. and the next day like okay they are geniuses in sweden <laughs> you know you know it's no one really knows and we still don't know but i'm quite positive to to what we've done mm. in sweden, yeah. actually so even, far even the finns have been positive towards the swedes wow that's unusual yeah that's never happened <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, I was going to say, obviously, so you've got, you know, you've got obviously Ben and a team in, uh, in Finland, in Denmark, in Sweden. Are you going to be looking to, I mean, I guess, International expansion is probably not the, the most critical thing right now with everything that's going on, but uh, and just the restrictions. But I mean, are you looking to move and set up teams in like the UK, for example, the States, Germany, France? Are you looking at other countries as you know hotspots for you to grow? I mean, given what's happened the last year, uh, I think that we we are not you know we, we don't need to to open uh, offices local offices in order to to grow in other countries yeah. then again i think it's back to this work life culture i think what we're really looking for is is great people like ben i mean when ben joined lived in helsinki we didn't have anything in in finland and we weren't planning to do anything in finland but we we had ben in finland sure. uh, and so so i think it's we're definitely open to to expand uh, with local presence if it's right people, uh, but we don't really have to. So, so it's more that perspective, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's been amazing to see that. And Ben, you'll know this from the kind of recruitment background, I guess, as well. Um, you know, you're, the picture that everyone has of like a recruitment agency is you've got a load of people in an office, quite high energy, you know, that, you know. So for us as a brand new company, it's kind of turned everything completely on its head. And part of the reason why we set Gathered and Found Up is because we actually didn't like that kind of environment anyway. But, um, you know, as you said, our first hire was in Stockholm, which we traditionally probably wouldn't have ever done because the kind of mindset was that oh well we will have to open an office there so you need to look at the overheads for the office and it's like oh let's just stay where we are so it's been great to see that definitely um and i think so many companies now are going to have much more uh you know i guess kind of scattered teams you know maybe they might group them by time zones perhaps because if you've got someone in Australia, for example, it, it won't work with some time zones, but, um, but yeah, it, it's great to see. And I think it's, it's actually made business costs so much lower for a lot of companies. It's really opened, I guess, the parameters of what you can actually do and what you can work with. So, so yeah, it's great. Um, look, just as like a couple of kind of last sort of pieces, really, like, I really appreciate both your time. It's been great finding a bit more about you guys and for everyone listening, like, please do go and check Why Waste Out, you know, check out some of the companies in this space. There, there's so many great innovators and great ideas. And if you want to join a company that works like for something good and has a great culture with people like Chris and Ben, obviously reach out to them. <laughs> but um, a couple of kind of quick fire questions. I didn't ask these to Tessa because she actually scared me towards the end of the, uh, the episode. I was quite intimidated. However, um, just from your guys, so I ask everyone this: um, like, what, what's your favourite food? We're in Food Tech Week, right? So, so what's your favourite food? Me, me first. Uh, fish and chips, British. Yeah, British fish and chips. <laughs> nice. I miss it not being in the UK. Can't get proper ones. I was going to say, did, can you not get any kind of like pickled herring and chips or anything out there, or a small uh, Swedish? But... <laughs> can, but I haven't dared. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's great and Chris how about you uh, it's actually a bit embarrassing but I would actually say it's a meatballs uh, it's a very typical Swedish but it's uh, I actually studied in Switzerland for one year and yeah. basically one year I lived on Ikea's meatballs so <laughs> fish. not the best from nutrition or environmental point of view but it's uh, they are nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So Yalmar actually said meatballs as well. Oh, I did. Yeah. Um, okay, however, yeah. however, he's now vegetarian. So some kind of tofu ball, I think he said. 
Okay, but I yeah. can't actually eat the vegan meatballs. They do. Don't they? they do. So, nice. so, Perfect. We'll have to check it out. <laughs> um, it's, it's meatball. I mean, it's still. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And I mean, just for like, are there any kind of pieces of advice that you've gathered, I guess, over the last sort of few years of, of building white waste that people can do to just make like some basic changes in their own lives as well to help this? Yeah, I mean, uh, when it comes to food waste, think about it. I mean, yeah. just reflect on when you have, I mean, throwing away food. It, it's not like I don't throw away food from point uh, time to time, mm. but to actually reflect upon it when you do it, I mean, that's, that's basically the first, first step, I would say, mm -hmm. to, to become a bit aware. Because I think that's the first step on, on journey, and you don't have to go as far as being, you know, zero waste and only eating, you know, vegetables. Mm -hmm. uh, just taking the first steps towards uh, doing something is is uh, important, I think. Yeah, of course. And if people don't really sort of care too much about, you know, the planet, which I'd like to think people are definitely educating themselves on that, but like, think about your wallet because every time you throw something away, it's like, oh. I paid so much for that and it's like it's gone now <laughs> so like help yourself by helping the planet I guess <laughs> yeah definitely. perfect and um just as a piece of advice for for founders as well and people who are maybe thinking of embarking on their own journey or in you know startup or even an established business as well um is there sort of one piece of advice that you would give yourself at the start of the y waste journey that you've learned over time that you wish you knew when you started the company uh, I would say, uh, okay, I mean, the, the, the answer, official answer would be go for it. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the honest answer would be uh, think twice because it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I mean, actually, it's the, the idea that you have, it will probably not be that uh, <laughs> in the end. It's going to change a lot of things during the way. So be prepared. Don't, don't see this as, you know, a sprint. That's over, you know, one year it's going to be this massive organization or massive company. You mm -hmm. actually have to be prepared for it being. This is kind of a boring answer, but it's, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's we we talk about as a marathon, uh, and connected to that, I think you to celebrate, you know, every small step because it's easy to get blind for you know everything that's happened. Mm -hmm. uh, it's small successes that that actually builds the 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 overall growth of the company yeah. uh, but you tend to miss that so mm. i mean be prepared for for a marathon and go in with like the understanding that it's okay it might take some time and also to i mean in our case we were three founders i think that has been super uh, important that because at some point you're low Mm -hmm. uh, but other people or the other persons might be you know high so we have been able to you know balance during the time for me that has been really really important so yes. to actually have someone around you that you can can do it with i think it's both more fun and it also helps you from from your life perspective yeah sure yeah i think i mean even you know this is the first time i've run my own business um if i didn't actually have my business partner to lean on 
you know, and vice versa. When you're down, you know, hopefully he can pick you up and vice versa. So it's great to have that that support network. Um, and I think it's different with family. Like, you know, you'd like to think that all families are obviously supportive, but when you're both kind of there in the trenches, you know, it's it's like cool. You you kind of have to make it happen, and it's great to see that, yeah, how family seem to work together. And obviously, you mentioned there as well. I guess the the adaptability to kind of pivot or to to evolve your product um, is something quite a few people have actually said. And you know, I think as you mentioned, right? I still really like the idea for the uh, for the color codes and how it changes over time. Maybe it's not that practical, but um, you know, I guess that was. Yeah. yeah 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 exactly um but you know i think everyone so many people have said as well that it's so important to be able to pivot and to kind of see the business ideas and just understand when you have to change um that's something yelmar said with karma it was a completely different company completely different when they set the business up um and all of a sudden now they're doing some amazing things in their space so um yeah so i guess don't be defeated if maybe the first thing you tried hasn't kind of worked or yeah just just use your kind of the common sense and just have the emotional intelligence to know to maybe change things up and and to understand that it's okay to change as well <laughs> so so yeah awesome um what, what are your plans for, for for the rest of the rest of the year is it still kind of foot to the floor are you guys still really busy yeah i mean definitely right now it's happening quite a lot I mean, we, we say that every Friday meeting this week was crazy, but it has been some you know crazy weeks now when everything opens up and and yeah, we see a massive you know people are actually starting to to reaching out to us. I mean, previously mm. it's been the other way around that we we've been yeah. reaching out to <laughs> to yeah, customers, and now it's the you know people from countries we cannot even spell. I think <laughs> is is you know. <laughs> Contacting us and have heard about our solutions in different ways. So it's uh, amazing. Yeah. We're trying to focus on actually, you know, yeah, yeah. getting getting yeah, wired up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Raising the brand and getting uh, what our mission is and out there is the main objective for the next twelve months, I guess. Uh, yeah. As well as to bring in the sales, but to also raise awareness of what we're trying to do and how important saving food waste within retail is. Yeah, perfect. Look, that's that's exactly why we wanted to do this this series, you know, around sustainability. Um, there are so many great companies that people just don't know of, right? You know, whether it's from you know from a consumer perspective, from a potential employer perspective, or you know, just understanding that there are great businesses out there that are actually trying to make a change and helping people make changes. That, that's why we wanted to put this on. So um, I'm really, really glad to to have you guys. Um, we're looking at. We were actually thinking of doing like like a food festival or something maybe we could all try and get together in one place i don't know if that's going to happen now but um but look, it'd be great to keep in touch with you guys maybe for like a panel or something maybe towards the end of the year um you know but we can get some some of the big innovators in the space talking so if you'd be keen to do that we'd love to have you again and uh i really appreciate your time thanks for thanks for joining us thanks a lot for for having us yeah. it's been a, been a pleasure and uh impressed what, what you're doing uh, thank you yeah. You listen to basically all the episodes and you're doing a tremendous work. Perfect. It's really, really yeah. No, yeah, it's if, the, if, the, uh, if the tech firm doesn't work out, Adam, you've got a definite future in hosting.
Yeah, well, look, I'd, I'd love to, especially in this space, right? It's, uh, it's been really, really awesome for us. So I appreciate that. Hopefully it does work out. I don't want to lose my house just yet, uh, <laughs> but we'll see how we go. Um, but look, guys, really appreciate the time. Thanks for taking the time out. And uh, yeah, really look forward to, to hearing how you guys do over the next, uh, next few years.